Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Hey, on today's episode, we had my friend Wayne Daniels Jr. join the podcast. He is a marketing genius. He's got some great insights on business. He has some great ideas for how you can actually take the steps you need to actually make your business profitable and start making the money you need to be making for your life. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Take a listen to Wayne's story. I'll see you later. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Blake Benz Podcast. I got Wayne Jr. here with me today, all the way from snowy New York City. He's staying warm today. Wayne's a marketer. He's a coach. He's a business strategist. Man, he's really a human psychology expert who really just knows how people work. And I'm excited to get some of his insight here today. Wayne, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. It is a pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show, Blake. Now, I, I did mention you're all the way over in New York. You mentioned right when we started that you were born and raised in Long Island. Uh, is that right? Absolutely. I'm a water baby. I love the beach uh, because that's <laughs> kind of where we grew up. You know, the beach is about 10 minutes away on all sides, unless you want to go way out to like Montauk Point in the Hamptons. Yeah, yeah. And from where I am, it's about an hour, an hour and a half drive or so. I got you. I got you. Now, I've only been to New York a couple of times, but someone the other day was telling me that like one of the best things about New York, both the city and also just the state in general, is that there are so many food options that you could really just, so many holes in the wall, so many great places. Oh my gosh. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it's like a foodie's dream, you know? Yeah. I grew up uh, being a foodie and so there's all kinds of food. I mean, there, there's authentic food from every place in the world here and you can find it. I mean, anyway, you can go down the street. I mean, I live in an area where there's a plethora of food options. There's Indian, there's Spanish, there's Italian, there's just regular American cuisine. I mean, anywhere you go, there's food. So, Yeah. Yeah. And I, whenever I visited the guy who was showing us around, there was kind of like this level of pride of like, he was just, man, he was so excited to like take us from like one, I don't want to say like unknown place. Cause definitely locally, everyone knows about it for like, for like the random tourist. It's like, Oh, we're not going to go there. We're going to go to this place. And he just had, man, he was excited Absolutely. about that. Absolutely. I mean, that's like people come to New York for pizza, for bagels. Like it's the thing that we're known for. You know, you just have certain staples and um, that is a sense of pride. You know, it does give us a sense of pride to know, like, you know, we have some of the absolute best food in the world. Like, <laughs> that's a real thing. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed about it, you know? All right. So what's what's the one the one place that every visitor has to eat? Oh, man. See, now now that's a, that's a hard... Okay. And well, I'm forcing you to pick one, too, which makes it I tough. I know. It's like one... Uh, uh, 
goodness, I haven't even gotten to them all. Like I just moved back, so <laughs> I'm I'm on a rampage right now of getting to all of the places that I never got to. But um, so there's one good place. I'm a I'm a carnivore. Like I'm a meat eater, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a place that's called. I know there's a lot of steakhouses, and and you know there's some good ones, but there's one place that's called J and R Steakhouse. Okay. And um, to me, like if I could, I'd go there every day. Like oh, yeah. that's where I I live there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now you just mentioned you, you just moved back. Now where were you at before? Uh, I was in Missouri actually. I moved to Missouri for about eight years. Uh, my wife and I decided that the hustle and bustle of New York life uh, at the time um, with two very young children was quite a bit much, mm-hmm. and so we moved out there to get away uh, to get a break, a little bit of an easier life. But the type of person that I am, I seem to find trouble, and if I don't find it, <laughs> I have a good knack of creating it. So. Uh, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit does not ever go away regardless to where you move. And so yeah. it got me in a little trouble. I mean, good trouble though. We started a few yeah. businesses there. Uh, things worked out very well mm-hmm. until it was time to leave. And then uh, we ended up closing some businesses. I mean, some of them we did lose as well, but yeah. we ended up closing others. And uh, we came back to New York to kind of scale and, and rebuild and redo on, on a much grander scale what we had over in Missouri. Well, you know, you talk about like, that you have the person who has like the entrepreneur inside of them, but sometimes you don't live in a town that's really entrepreneurial friendly. It doesn't really have the, the rhythm that you need to really, you know, get into it. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible in Missouri. And not to say that the people were terrible, but right. Right. um, The area that we were, were in was um, a military community. And, and aside from the military, it was very old. So the people who were there, the families that were there had been there for 100, 200 years. They owned everything, the businesses, the land, all of the property outside of a few things here or there. And so it it wasn't a lot of forward movement. You know, there wasn't a lot of that entrepreneurial like, yeah, let's build something. Let's create something new. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if anything like that was going to be done, it was the people who were already there who just had their hands in everything. And not to say that it was a bad thing. It's just that for somebody like myself, you know, you, you run into trouble when you start trying to <laughs> upset the status quo. You know, I mean, I'm from New York. We, we hustle. That's what we do. We yeah. have that go get them attitude. And some people aren't necessarily akin uh, to that, you know? Well, it's, it's change, right? It's, it's, yeah. this is different from how we're used to it being done or different from how we've always done it. And uh, you can't be anti-change and be entrepreneurial. You know, it's just not possible. Not at all. Not at all. And then, you know, you get new faces and it's like, where'd this young guy come from? He just yeah. comes out of nowhere and he's trying to like turn the town upside down. Well, you know, yeah, that's just how it is. So yeah, well, I'm good. It was a good time. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really lucky. I mean, the area that I'm in, I mean, we have Walmart money. And so people are just, I mean, they are just investing so much money into startup initiatives, into different things. And so I can't imagine doing what I'm doing in, in any town that doesn't have like where the culture isn't like we're creating something, we're building something. And, and I'm not surprised. I'm, sh- I'm sure New York does a great job of that. Well, and that's the thing about New York. Um, New York is like the culture of New York is just fast paced forward movement. Mm. So everybody is trying to be the new somebody. Uh, a new or a higher goal or uh, trying to move forward and creating the next big thing, you know, to be discovered as the next big person, all of that type of stuff. So 
uh, you know, it's very easy to find other people to work with and mm-hmm. to uh, partner with and to have that same mentality that are like, hey, you know what? I'll get behind you. I'll get with you, and let's make this thing happen. Mm-hmm. So let, let's let's let let me dig, you know dig into your perspective a little bit because you talked about how you you think a lot about human psychology. You know how people work. You have this sort of energy around New York where you know, and it's it's not unlike uh, which my my wife's family has a lot of like musical talent, artistic talent, and they're all going out West Coast, California. And, and I've known friends to go out all out to LA or San Francisco or what have you. And there's all these people who are they're going out to be successful and chase their dreams, but such such a narrow band actually make it happen, right? And so the connection I'm making is I would assume with New York, you have some similar people who are really embracing that energy. They're getting after it. You know, what's what are the differentiators that make someone really rise to the top, make it work, make it happen? What does that look like? Uh, well, ultimately, it's a it's a matter. Hold on, I got a three year old that's no. refuses <laughs> to stay where I told him to that's go. That's okay. No sweat. Yeah, yes, son. it's Benjamin. He's my three year old. I'm actually I work from home, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, what you can do is go finish on the tablet. When I'm done with my call, I'll go make you some more. Okay. <laughs> Yes, I will make you some more. Go watch the tablet. <laughs> <laughs> the dad, the dad, okay. the dad entrepreneur life, right? Yeah, I mean it's fun. Um, <laughs> it's challenging as well, you know. Yeah, things like yeah. that happen all the time where I get interrupted. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I do this for my kids. Yeah. But uh, going back to your question, like you know, in New York, you have that that go get them attitude, and the difference is the consistency. I think. Um, mm. one of the things that I'm discovering, even in myself, like I'm on this, this new evolution and this revolution of me, um, really comes down to identity. And mm. the challenge is people don't get results, not because of just the things that they're doing or not doing. It's because of who they are becoming or aren't becoming. Um, and that's something that I'm starting to a little, uh, unpack a little bit more over the last few days and weeks and months, because it like. You ever heard the phrase "the right person for the for the job"? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so most people want to think that they're the right person for the job, but they may be lacking something like a discipline. They be uh, lacking a certain type of organization. They may be lacking a certain um, ability to adjust, like you said, to change. And those things don't come from just doing things differently. Now, yes, the doing does of course, uh, influence what we think and what we believe and things like that. But it also starts, I believe, with an identity thing. Um, right now, everybody's into like the personal branding, right? Everybody wants to brand themselves. Mm. Right. I think the personal branding is actually a result. It is an outcome. It is not mm-hmm. the thing that we do. The thing that we do is actually we position ourselves as authorities. We, we are consistent with certain things. We do specific actions based off of our calling, our passion, those things. And then that builds the brand. Mm. So what happens is I myself am a musician. You know, I play the piano, the bass, and the drums, right? My family, all singers. Like, you know, when I was a kid, we sang with Mariah Carey on a Christmas album. You know, <laughs> like this is real deal stuff, man, you know? Um, and in, we didn't stay consistent with the industry, so to speak. So for us to be to have been uh, professional musicians very much could have been a reality for us. But uh, 
we didn't grow up in a household and not to talk about the household or the family. Like it wasn't a bad thing. In fact, we had a very loving family, but everybody was kind of lax with everything. We just had natural talent. It came to us pretty easily. So we didn't work hard. We didn't go above and beyond because who we were, it was innate in us to be good singers and to be good musicians. Mm -hmm. And so so if you want to really be an industry player or someone who actually what we call makes it in the industry, right? Benny, go in there, please. Don't make the noise. I'm on a call. Thank you. Sorry, Rod. It's okay. No, no, it's good. It's okay. Um, you know, if, if we're not willing to, to do those things that actually get those other results, then we'll never have those results. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that has to happen at a, to me at an identity level. Um, so when it came to my business, you know, I wanted to grow and get more clients and things like that. Uh, it's not about making more videos. It's not about mm-hmm. having the right pictures and the right headlines on everything. Those come with yeah. knowing who I actually am. Yeah. When I know who I am, if I can shift who I am into who I'm ultimately becoming, then a lot of those things actually start to fall into place very easily. So yeah, that, I mean that's you know that's my take on it. No, no, no. Yeah, and it's I, man, I love it. I love it. I really do because it's 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 so funny how we focus ourselves on something that just is not. It's not what should be top of mind. Like here, here's a great example. It, it's like the new business owner who's like all of their time's being spent on. Like I was just talking to somebody. They were researching what time do I need to post on social media, right? Which, which that's I, a waste of time. <laughs> it, it, that's, you're so right. You're so right. And, and like, I get it. I get the concept. It's like, right. yes, you're trying to maximize exposure. But, but that's, that's something I love how you put it. Those kind of details fall into place. What's more important is, are you, are you posting content that's valuable? Is it hitting your need? Right. Is it hitting your, you know, are people actually pinging with it? Or are people listening to it being like, what, what's this dude talking about? But, but if we get Absolutely. off... If we get off message with that and we chase these details that really aren't important, then a year goes by and we're like, dude, why is this business not working? You know, why am I not we building? We spin our wheels. Absolutely. Right. And we end up being in the same place, like you said, a year later, not realizing that we did the same exact things expecting to get a different result. And we know right. what that is the definition of, right? They said that's right, the right. definition of insanity. And so for me, I had to really take a couple of steps back and um, look at what was working and what wasn't. And found out that what wasn't working, it wasn't because I just wasn't doing the right thing. Because, I mean, I, when I tell you the thousands and tens of thousands of dollars that I've spent on coaching, on mm-hmm. software, on everything to make my business work, and it just seemed like nothing was clicking, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I even quit doing marketing for about two or three years to open brick and mortar businesses because it just wasn't, it wasn't working. But for me... It was like, I love doing this. I love the puzzle pieces mm-hmm. coming together. I love seeing the project go from nothing, just ideas and concepts to this is now a machine that is consistently and predictably, predictably making money for someone, right? Mm-hmm. Like To me, that's a, a, a great thing because I'm helping them. I'm helping them grow. Their business is growing. They feel better about themselves. All of that wonderful stuff. Well, for me, it was a struggle to find that rhythm because I was doing all the right stuff, but in me, there were things that were keeping me from actually getting that success. I mean, if you want to get clients, you've got to prospect. Mm-hmm. I'm a creative, right? Mm-hmm. Prospecting is not like a strong suit for me. Mm-hmm. So 
if I want to be good at prospecting, I can't just do prospecting because it's still not going to work well. I have to become someone who is a prospector. Mm-hmm. That's the way that my brain started to kind of deal with this thing. I have to actually become a prospector. Mm-hmm. But what does that mean? I have to be okay with talking to people. I have to be okay with being rejected more. I have to be okay with sending out emails and calling and all of that stuff. When I'd rather be building a website, I'd rather be working on a, a, a digital course or you know all of those creative things. But it wasn't that I couldn't prospect. I just had to become the prospector in order for prospecting to work well. Mm-hmm. And then when I made that shift, then I could. Pro- then all of a sudden, it was like Not prospecting clicks. became easy. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually just started to happen because I, in my mind, I'm not just a creative. I'm a, I'm a creative prospector. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, that's how I put well, it. Well, how did you? Because here's what's interesting too. When you think about this, it's like it's that journey of self awareness where it's like, yes. yeah, and, and such a small percentage of people. Because here, here's what's really insightful about your story. You, you saw what you did not have. Mm-hmm. And then you, you took the steps to get it. A lot of people, they will, and man, and you, you've probably seen this too, but I'll see this in like really toxic bosses who they can't get results from their employees. And as they reflect on it, they point to them of, well, you know, millennials are just, or, you know, it's just yeah. so hard rather than, rather than taking that introspective, okay, there's something I don't have and that I need to get. I mean, how did you develop that in, into yourself where that was your, you know what I'm saying? Cause you, you could have gone any way. You could have been like, well, it's just timing. Absolutely. Well, it's just, you know, oh, well, you know, it was just a locate, but you, I, I love listening to your journey. How did you do that? Um, it, it's a, uh, um, <laughs> okay. The best way to explain it is I like, I'm a very spiritual person. So everything reverts back to spirituality for me. Um, you know, it's, it's about, like I said, self-awareness, you said it. When, when I've done those things that you just explained perfectly and nothing is working, I, I blamed everybody. I pointed the finger. I, uh, you know, just made it about everything else that was happening. It was all external. And so I, if I really, like if I wanted to do something different, if I wanted to become someone different, I had to start with the beginning, the source of a thing. What is the source of my issue? It's not just that I'm not a good worker. Like, it's not that I'm, I'm not a good marketer. It's not that I'm not a good, all of these external things. You know, it's not that I didn't pick the right people. No, I myself have to become what I want to produce. And mm. so that begins with, hold on, get off of this boy. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, he's three, three and a half. Hey. And daddy's on the phone. He doesn't want to be anywhere near me until I'm on the call. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, it's yeah. like, attention, attention, attention. Yes, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me introduce you. Say hi, Benny. Hi. Hey, dude. All right. Okay. Daddy. Yes. A banana. Yes, go have a banana. <laughs> that's how I get rid of them, right? Hey, man, the authenticity. <laughs> I love it. I lo- that's, what this, that's what this show is all about, man. The real, that I get people on with real lives, real journeys. And so, man, it's don't even sweat it. No big deal. It, 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 is, it is real. And, and it was actually them. Dealing with my kids actually helped a lot of this. Dealing with my wife actually helped me because, um, you know, I decided, like, you know, I read scripture. And one of the things, like, would be coming a husband first. Um, there's a scripture that says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. 
Now, for me, I, I didn't feel like I loved my my wife in a way that was self-giving, that was just completely unconditional, just total abandon of my own to to love her in that way. And so I started focusing on doing that. And at the same time, started focusing on my kids. Yes, I'll get your banana. Um, started trying to love them in a way that was different than the way I was loved or I felt like I was being loved. All right, go to the table, buddy. All right, love you. <laughs> um, and so I started to have to look at myself and then um, I, I came up with this thing. Like, um, There's a guy's name is David Bayer and I listened to him. I haven't really taken any of his courses, but he speaks on something about there's two paradigms that we live in. And one is one of power and then the other is of primal. And the primal is fear, doubt, frustration, things that cause anxiety, stuff like that. Power is peace, love, hope, and joy, and blah, blah, blah. Now, being a spiritual person, I was like, man, that resonates. And so I kind of worked backwards in that and, and formulated my own thing where it says, okay, it starts off with light and dark. Now, darkness does not mean evil. It just means that there's darkness or less light. And light means illumination. And so in order for me to change who I am and to change what I'm doing, I first have to shed light on what I'm doing that's not getting results i have to mm. put, like shed light on or expose what's not working because mm. most of us have our strengths and those are good and we should focus on growing those strengths but at the same time we need to know if this weakness of mine is going to stop me from succeeding let go of it get rid of it or change who i am so that that becomes a part of me mm. and so i started to first shed light and um and this is part of my process you know i started like i kind of worked backwards and came with this process the first is illumination Illuminate the dark areas of your life so that way they're now exposed. So the areas that you have fear in, frustration, anxiety, and whatever else, expose them. So now they're out in the open and they're not hidden because when those things are hidden, they keep us from moving forward because we don't want them to be exposed. Mm -hmm. Well, if we're the ones that expose them, nobody else can. Mm -hmm. We're our own worst enemy. And then from there, once you expose those things, you can get clarity. You start to see things differently. You start to see who you're actually becoming and the, what your strengths should be. And from there, you can move forward from, uh, as, as from illumination to clarity to identity. Now there's a new identity that has been formed. And now you can either take that identity and, and the step, next step is embody it, or you can reject it. And what happens is a lot of people do this in their work. Like they start to see the things they don't like. They try to work on them. They see clearly. But then when it comes to identity, that means they have to change themselves, not just what they're doing. Mm. You have to literally become a new person. And that is possible. Some people think that is difficult or they think it's like impossible. Oh, I'm me. And this is how I am. And this is how. No. Uh, the reality is, is our experiences often speak louder than the truth. And that's one of the things that I push. We allow the things that happen to us, the circumstances that we face, the struggles that we endure, we allow those things to become truth and reality. And when in fact, they're just experiences. They were momentary, but mm -hmm. they actually shaped our identity after we had that encounter. And so that means we can have new encounters new experiences and can create new things or new areas in our lives that can reshape our identity to the contrary. Mm -hmm. And then from there, once we move into from identity, we go into embodiment, we can become that thing. And then from there we go to production. And so that's kind of how I like working backwards. That's what happened. I, I shed light on it. So it was illumination. Then it's getting clarity from there. It's having that new identity 
then we embody that identity and then we move into producing what that identity can ultimately do. Mm -hmm. So I asked people, like I had a guy um, message me on LinkedIn and said, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that. I said, okay, what do you want to accomplish? He says, I want financial freedom. I want this. I want that. And I said, the problem is, is that most people want the outcomes. Like I said, personal branding is the outcome. Financial right. freedom right. is an outcome. Right. You can't do financial freedom. Right. It comes from other actions that you take. It comes from a mindset about money. So if you feel like you're not worth more money, it's going to be very difficult to make more money. Right. If you feel like money is hard to come by, if you feel like success is hard to come by, whatever it is that you're going after, if you feel like it's hard to come by, first of all, if you like it's not going to work. You're never going to achieve that. And so and at the same time, those achievements are always, like I said, results and outcomes. So if you want more money, you have to do what people who have more money do to make more money. In yeah. order to do that, you have to think how they think. Mm -hmm. And so, and a lot of these people have these identities that they get up first thing in the morning, they go to bed early, they eat certain type of foods, they have lifestyle habits that most people are like, oh, that's too hard. Mm -hmm. No, it's not because a lot of them didn't start off that way. Mm -hmm. well, and so if they can change, we can change. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, um, you know, it's the difference between, cause here's, and maybe this is too cynical, but I've, I've found that it's a difference between interest and commitment and that I, I have yeah. people who say things like that, you know, man, I really want to grow my business to X revenue, but it's, it's the excitement around the outcome it's not a commitment to actually, you know, rewire how they do business, how they redo management. Absolutely. You know? and, and you know, what's something that's interesting that you're saying, it's, it's in some ways, it's a little countercultural. And I say that because, man, what you're talking about is, is digging deep and rewiring how some things are done. You know, it's, and it's, and it's deeper than just habits. It's deeper than bad yes. habits. It's, it's, it's things that are fundamentally true about your perspective, about your worldview, that are feeding these outcomes you no longer want. And that's different from the message of, uh, you know, you're, you're perfect just the way you are, just embrace who you are. And, and some of that's optimistic and it's exciting and, it's, and there's some truth to it, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's the person who is failing year after year after year while everyone's saying, just keep doing it, keep chasing it, when really right. something fundamentally is broken about how they're doing it. Absolutely. I mean, it's <laughs> like, if you want to be a 5K runner, you don't just start running a 5K. Mm -hmm. You practice. Right. And you get up every morning and you may only run one block. Mm -hmm. But then the next morning, you may go a block in 10 feet. And then the day after that, a block in 20 feet. Uh, the person who was running, starting out the first day, is not the same person who runs the 5K. It's not possible. Physically, your body has shifted and has changed to endure the 5K. Mm -hmm. So the same thing goes in our mind. Like, and and I'm, I, I said, I'm a, I'm a troublemaker. You know, I get in trouble because I am very counterculture. I hate the status quo. Um, not because it's always bad, but because people fall into it and, and it's like a trap it really is a trap for them because they were not designed like human beings are so unique. We weren't designed for a status quo. Hmm. 
what happens is we were designed that if we chose a status quo, we could fit into one. Mm. That's how amazing the human being is. But at the same time, we have the ability to design and create outcomes outside of anybody else's uh, point of view or perspective or whatever. And so we have to be willing to create our own realities so that way we can have our own outcomes. And so like I took courses on how to build funnels and how to build landing pages and, and how to, you know, I, I mean, I know how to do Facebook ads, YouTube ads, Instagram, and all the ads. We do LinkedIn ads. You do this, that. There's all of these things that you can do. But until you actually, like, you, you become the thing. That's why I started to focus on psychology and persuasion psychology and, and just, uh, you know, metaphysics a little bit and just how humanity works, how we actually function. Um, we can create an, an environment in a world. In fact, there was a study, uh, I believe it was Harvard, they did a study and said that they got a bunch of people to play piano and they uh, leads on their head and they track their brain movements and, and all that kind of stuff, the, the electrical signals and blah, blah, blah. Right. And then they had them come back and just imagine that they were playing the piano. And guess what happened? What? The exact same results hmm. came out from a person who was imagining playing piano when they were actually playing it. Hmm. So that means that our imagination can create and not only create, but can create memories. It can create an actual thing just in our mind. So if we can imagine something, and again, I'm not talking about just mantras, because for me, mantras didn't work. Mantras make you feel good. Affirmations make you feel better. Mm. They don't necessarily change inherently who you are. So you can say those things and feel better in the moment, but then what happens when the moment is gone? What happens when life, the circumstance, the, the, the reality is hitting you in the face again, you revert back to the identity that has been created, the identity that is weak, that is suffering, that is struggling, that is trying. And instead of one that is doing, moving in power and, and actually elevating and evolving and, and pursuing, like, it's just, it's a, it's a, such a, I don't know. It's a thin line too. I got to tell you that it's a very thin line because I'm not saying those things are bad and, and right, I don't right, want anybody right. to hear that. Like, don't hear what I'm not saying, you know, do mantras and feel better, you know, do the work, go exercise. Like I'm right now, I'm 60 pounds lighter than I was a year ago. Wow. Yeah. It, it's absolutely crazy. Now I started off the first 20 pounds I lost was from stress and frustration. I was <laughs> having anxiety attacks. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was having heart attacks, man. I was in the like going to the ER once a month. My blood yeah. pressure was through the roof. Yeah. It was absolutely crazy. My stomach was in knots. And I was like, this is not it. Mm -hmm. This cannot be the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And so I had to make a decision, number one, okay, if I want to stop having these feelings, I have to find out what's causing them. What is the root? Mm -hmm. And I, so I started dealing with me. What am I afraid of? What, you know, what am I protecting that, I can't, I just cannot lose. And it's so valuable that I'm willing to, like my body is breaking down because of it. Like it was absolutely eye opening. But again, it, it started out with that illumination. Okay. What am I afraid of? Mm -hmm. What, what, what am I hoping doesn't happen? Because that's all anxiety is. And those things are dealing with hypothetical situations. Remember I told you the imagination, right? Mm -hmm. I created these false 
realities in my brain. And because of those false realities, my body started to break down. It started to turn on me. So I had to create new realities. But how did you, how did you like, cause here's the thing that's, man, I, I've even known people to like ask these kinds of questions about themselves, but it's, it's like, there's a, a, and I just envision like this six foot brick wall between like the truth you need to know and what you currently believe. And that, and that truth is sometimes painful. Sometimes it's hurtful. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, you know, the reason prospecting isn't working is because deep down I'm legitimately afraid of being rejected. So, you know, getting through that wall, there are, it just feels like there's a portion of the population who can ask those questions and break through. And then there's some who they'll even repeat the questions and yet, and yet they can never really face the truth about their current identity. And I, and I don't know what, I don't know what the secret sauce is there. I don't know what, what moves someone from one side to the other? It's embracing, uh, like it's really, this is the really, like the real deep, hard truth. It's embracing the idea and the concept of death. Hmm. People are afraid to die. I was afraid to die. And I was having heart palpitations. Like I said, my blood pressure was at stroke level. Like I went to the ER and they were like, how, how are you still alive? You should have had a stroke by now. Um, you know, uh, being at a risk of having a heart attack, all of these things. Some people like you, you get to a certain point, like that, that, like you said, that wall, I actually teach about that wall. Um, I actually use the wall and a mirror as, um, you know, like teaching tools. And so that wall is something that you can't go under it. You can't go around it. You can't go above it. The only way to go is through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the only way to go through that wall? is you have to become what that wall is. You have to actually, like, you have to move into it. You have to actually allow yourself to, to be absorbed. The issue is the wall can be walked right through, but you have to go through the wall. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a hard concept because, you know, that means you have to shed something on the other side to get through it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you have to let something go. And people are afraid to let go of the image that they have created for themselves in their own mind. They've, they, they're afraid to let go of, you know, what so-and-so taught me. Well, my grandmother told me this, my grandfather or my mom and dad, or they had wonderful examples in life, you know, people who loved them and told them things that weren't necessarily the best things to tell them. You know, <laughs> I mean, I grew up in a household and now I'm like, mom, I'm never going to tell my kids that I'm not going to yeah, do yeah. that with my kids. Like, <laughs> I, I love you and I know yeah. you meant well, but I sure. know a little bit different. And I'm not going to say I know better than you, but I know yeah. differently, you know? Yeah. Well, you know that, and that vulnerability, I mean, let's, let's just get like super practical with it too, because even like coming to terms with what needs to change, which, which, and I use that word countercultural before I'm going to use it again because man, your message is a lot different from a lot of marketers. I hear, you know, a lot of marketers I hear, you know, really simple example Oh, you want to build an app? You know, hey, that's okay. You don't need to. You don't need to learn programming. You know, you can build one without knowing any programming. Which you know, there's some truth to that. But it's it's hey, there's this wall to get through. I'm actually I am going to show you how to get around the wall. You know, you can you can scale a ten million dollar business with zero business experience, and you can do it. Right. In and so it's it's sort of these toxic habits. And I love how right. you're kind of coming at it of a different angle of like something needs to change here. Something needs to develop here. This needs to be done differently. 
because it's it's just not necessarily the norm. It's not necessarily what people want to hear or embrace or follow. You know, a lot of times people want to be told hey, exactly as you are, you know, just embrace it and just go achieve the thing you want to accomplish. And I, I just don't know how simple that is. And, and um, it, it is like, it, it, it's a very simple concept, but it requires, again, not being accepted and liked and being okay with that. Mm-hmm. It's being okay with someone not agreeing with you. Which, and, which, and, <laughs> well, yeah, which we ahead. live in a culture that, man, I mean, think about all the keyboard warriors who will, you know, take the Facebook. I mean, they're toxic, they're trolls. And, and, you know, it's funny because even like, man, I'll have, I'll have converse and it's not like a sales call. It's just a conversation where I'm talking to someone about their business and I can even pick up on basically lies about their business where I know, I know they don't have any customers. I know that they aren't doing well in business, but they don't say that they say, uh, well, you know, it's a down season right now or, or, you know, they, they kind of put out these exaggerative statements to make themselves look like, cause you know, we live also in a culture where everyone wants to promote their business and talk about how they are killing it and crushing it. Absolutely. We, we just, it's like we've lost our ability to be vulnerable so that we can actually, you know, take that and move forward with it. Case and point like, okay, so my wife and I in Missouri, we had a daycare for about three or four years. Um, it was a great business, six figures. I mean, uh, multiple six figures. Uh, I got in my harebrained schemed uh, mind to open a restaurant. I, I, I owned two restaurants. Uh, we owned a motel and we owned a gas station. Uh-huh. And many of these things were all happening at the same time. Uh-huh. So I was overwhelmed, absolutely just overwhelmed, right? And uh, so needless to say, having all these businesses and trying to do everything myself just didn't work. It yeah. stressed me out. <laughs> we, we had like businesses, we had to sell them, get rid of them, like stuff just fell apart. Yeah. Um, having to manage hundreds of employees, all that kind of stuff like that. Yeah. I, for a while, I blamed everybody mm. why things didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I didn't start to heal physically, literally, until I accepted the blame for the part that I tried to do everything that, mm. that I wasn't supposed to do. I mm. tried to do things that I am not designed to do. I'm good at these things, right? Mm-hmm. And could I have become that person? Absolutely. I could have shifted my identity to become that person. But would that have been the most advantageous thing to do? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. And so right now, the culture that we live in today, society is saying that, you know, I, I hate to say it like this. Like you said, it's countercultural. And we might get a, I might get a few more haters for this thing, right? right? <laughs> but <laughs> it, everybody wants to feel like they are fine. Yeah right? You are okay. You are good. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to change anything, but there is no possible way for a person who has no endurance, no strength, no stamina to swim the English channel. There, it is not possible. Like, you know, people talk about Jeff Bezos and and uh, Bill Gates and, and all of these great and wonderful people. Like, I mean, they're fantastic human beings, allegedly. You know, th- like I think so. Like, I don't know them personally, <laughs> but say they're great human beings. They're doing fantastically wonderful, um, you know, philanthropic stuff. Like, I don't know how to pronounce that word again. Yeah, yeah. My mouth, whatever. I'm from New <laughs> York. I Keep going, man. You're killing it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they, um, you know, we, we look at them and we try to 
emulate the results that they get. So yeah. we want to build billion dollar businesses, but we don't want to start in the garage. Too much shame. We, Too much shame yeah. to start in the garage. I don't want to tell people I'm in the garage. Exactly. Bro, I had to start over and be okay with telling people that I lost everything. We had to move out of our house. Yeah. I had to relocate. Yeah. That's not, but it was so freeing for me because then I no longer had to be that person that lost everything. Mm-hmm. I no longer had to be that guy that mm-hmm. was frustrated and stressed out by the people who didn't treat me right and the threats that we got. I had people following me around and all, it was all kinds of stuff. So people thought we had this absorbent amount of money. Um, they, they thought that, you know, we just showed, out, showed up out of nowhere. So, of course, you start attracting company that mm-hmm. you don't necessarily want. Like, the, I mm-hmm. mean, the story is fantastic. If I told you the whole thing, you'd be like, you got to be kidding me. This sounds like mm-hmm. a movie. Mm-hmm. It felt like one. Mm-hmm. And I almost burned out. But I, I, I learned that I could actually shed that person. I no longer had to be the business failure, the guy that lost the three or four six-figure businesses. Mm-hmm. That I could reinvent who I was, become who I needed to be or who I ultimately was destined to be. And that is helping people achieve this very thing. It's helping people to shed light on the areas that are still dark in their life to get clarity. So that way they can have the businesses that they want. Is my business where I want it to be? Absolutely not. And I'm okay with saying that. Nobody is on LinkedIn trying to get clients because their business is where they want it to be. Yeah. Nobody is running Facebook ads because their business is exactly what they want it to be or on YouTube making videos or spending hours doing podcasts. Like there's something that you're trying to accomplish that you couldn't if you weren't doing these things. And so that's the reality is if if we want certain outcomes, we have to first become the person who can get those outcomes. Mm -hmm. And then we become that person that, hey, no, no, no. No, I'm on a call. Stop. No piano. No piano. Thank you. No. No. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I love it. But no, no, like, I can't good. make you're this good. up, man. Like, yeah, yeah you're good. It reminds me of that. Uh, you, I'm sure you've seen that old. Uh, it's, I'm just, it's like a meme now, but like the dad who's on the Skype call and the baby yeah. comes in the door oh. from behind and the mom. That's what I'm thinking of. But I knew it was, I laughed hysterically when I saw that because I was like, exactly. That's exactly what my life is like. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like it, it comes down to this, like your identity determines your beliefs, right? And then yeah. what you believe about yourself and the world around you, the people around you, how things work, that in turn, um, that affects your thoughts and how you think or your mindset. Your mindset then translates into emotions because how you deal with what happens to you, you emote. You either love it, you hate it, you're sad, you're happy, whatever else. And then based on how you feel, that will determine the outcomes or the, 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 the actions that you take. And so when somebody doesn't feel like going to the gym, they don't go because they don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. Well, that person is never going to get in shape or they're never going to have the body that they want. They're never going to have the stamina, whatever, because they don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. Well, in order to feel differently, you have to think differently first. You have to, your thinking or your thought process has to be greater than your feeling. Mm -hmm. So the action is the absolute last step. Mm -hmm. Everybody focuses on actions. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, what I like about what you're saying too is that you're you're talking because here's the deal: a lot of people get after this whole mindset game, and it's it's so superficial, it's so fluffy. But there's, there's a real practicality to what you're talking about. And man, mm-hmm. I think what I love about your story is, and man, it was such a great soundbite. But you know, 
if I can repeat it in some way, it was, you know, everyone wants that Jeff Bezos, you know, Elon Musk type reality, yeah. but they, but they won't embrace the, the pain, maybe the shame, maybe the setbacks of I'm in a garage business. I mean, it's, it's, you're talking about basically paying the price for success in, in embracing the challenge that comes with actually growing yourself, changing yourself, developing yourself, rather than today's culture of everything you, everything you need is already in you. You can already do it. You already have the persistence, endurance, whatever. I mean, I'm, man, I'm, I'm really pinging with what you're saying. And, and that's the thing about it. And, and like what I found out is once you embrace that, the success doesn't have to take long mm. because now you have the experience, you have the tools, you have the strategies because I've been through coaching. I, I've sat in like, I mean, thousands of dollars to have someone teach you how to build this particular, you know, client funnel and to do yeah, yeah. these type of things and, and gone through persuasion training on how to use this languaging and how to, to get people to, you know, to be drawn and hanging off the edge of their seats by your every word and all that kind of good stuff. Right. But if I wasn't the right person at yeah. the time yeah. to be able to embrace those things and then use them effectively. So I had to back up and say, why won't these things work? Yeah. It wasn't because the strategies don't work. It wasn't because the systems don't work. It was because I, in that frame of mind, was not the right person for the job. Mm -hmm. I had to become disciplined. I had to start like, you know, now getting clients, I had to be okay with cold emailing and cold calling. And like, that's just the reality of the business. Mm -hmm. and, and I didn't want to do those things. So I was trying everything else but that and then complaining that I don't have clients. Yeah. Whose fault is that? It's not yeah. because cold calling or emailing doesn't work. It's because I wasn't doing them. Yeah. But it was because I didn't want to be rejected or I was afraid of the kind of success that would come. What if I get too many responses and I can't handle all of the business? All of this stuff comes from who I am as a person. So now I'm at the place of like, let's create these completely unhindered, unrestricted flows of energy, of life, of resources, whether it's money, whether it's uh, relationships, contacts and connections, whatever that is, do whatever you have to do to get that. So, you know, I'm big on like doing live events. Everybody's on digital marketing and online. I'm like, go back to doing live events, make the connections, shake hands, let people see you, yeah. build authority authentically, not yeah. from behind a keyboard, but let people see the journey. Yeah. Let them be a part of the journey. Give them a part in the story. You know what I mean? But but it's so easy to just say, hey, just you know, book a call with me and let's talk about it. We'll come up with a strategy. Yeah, okay, does that work? Can you close some clients? Absolutely. But there's a different mindset. When I started to shift, I, I speak to less people on those type of calls, but I close more of them because mm. the calls that I'm having are not trying to close them on something. I'm honestly trying to find out if they're the right person to get the job done. Right. Because if they're not, it doesn't make sense for me trying to take on somebody as a client who doesn't feel like they can scale to seven figures. Right, right. It doesn't matter what I do. I could give you any strategy in the world. I, 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 you know, it just doesn't matter. And so instead of trying to be Jeff Bezos and like you said, Elon Musk and Bill Gates and whoever are your favorite million billionaire is or whatever, um, instead of trying to be them and get the results, look at the habits and the lifestyle and the frame of mind that they're in. They're not in hustle mode. Talk to Warren Buffett. He's like, man, I'm, I'm, he's like working two days out of uh, two hours out of the day, <laughs> yeah. two days out of the week. Yeah, yeah. So these people, 
you know, we, we love hustle, but we don't understand that hustle takes time and energy and effort and all these things, but we can shift out of that mindset into, I can have the things that I need actually come to me because I'm, I've become the person that attracts those things. Yeah. And now I'm not chasing clients that who needs me comes because I am the person for the job period. And it becomes, yeah. and, and then life becomes a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Wayne, uh, Man, I am. I don't even know how to begin to process. I mean, you you gave so many great insights, and I feel like we didn't even get into like the nitty gritty of what you're doing on a day to day basis. <laughs> how people can get plugged in with you. Do me a favor. Give me give me yeah. the thirty sixty second. You know, how, what's the best way to people for people to engage with you? What's the best you know a bit of content for them to follow? You know, is there something like a program? I mean, what. What, what do people need to do right now to get plugged in with you? Okay. The first thing you can do is just follow me on LinkedIn, Wayne E. Daniels Jr. Find me on LinkedIn, shoot me a DM, connection request, whatever. Follow hashtag Wayne J.R. Said. I'm saying a lot of things these days, so follow Wayne J.R. Said, and then you can go to workwithwaynejr.com. I have a video actually outlining that five-step process of uh, going through illumination all the way to production. And then if you want, you can book a call with me, <laughs> right? And we can talk about it. And if you're not the right person, I can help you get to become the right person. And from there, the rest of the stuff will kind of fall in line. I love it. Love it. Wayne, dude, you killed it. Thanks for being on the podcast today. <laughs> I appreciate it very much, man. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. For our listeners, uh, I will put those links in the episode description. Be sure you check these things out, man. I would not have Wayne on the podcast if he wasn't the real deal. I'm blown away. I'm feeling motivated just listening to you. Uh, so check out that stuff in it. the podcast notes. Uh, as always, man, if you love the podcast, leave a five-star review, share it with somebody, subscribe to it. If you're in our Northwest Arkansas area, leave a Google review, talk about the podcast, and we will catch you next week. I'll see you.